where I really um, got good was that like grittiness and wanting to see my improvement. But also I came on to BYU at such a great time when, you know, we had Rory Linkletter who'd just taken second at nationals. We had Clayton Young who'd qualified in the 5K and the 10K at track nationals. Jake Hesington was 10th in the steeplechase. Welcome to the Easton Creed Show, made to get us thinking outside of the box, fired up, and inspired. This is your host, and each week I'll be interviewing someone to bring out their success story. Guests will help us to find more happiness, better health, and optimize performance. Today's guest is one of the most successful cross-country runners to ever run in the NCAA. Connor Mance is a two-time national champion, the last American to do that since Steve Prefontaine. He also has a U.S. half marathon national title. I really loved doing this interview with Connor. I think it's cool to learn from an athlete that's performing at as high of a level as he is because you get to see what is he doing differently, how can I apply that and be where I would like to be in my athletic performance or just even apply some of the things that he's doing to um, your life and whatever passions you're pursuing. But I think the main things I take from Connor are his consistency and his effort um, and his ability to really bring good people around him to help with his goals. I do apologize in this episode, my audio is a bit off, but we will certainly get better as we go. Enough of me, let's talk to Mance. All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. I can say welcome back because I had this podcast when I was 14 years old, but we took a quick six year break and I'm so excited to be back doing this. This is my big passion is learning what makes people happy and successful and inspired in their own lives. And so my goal for this podcast is to help inspire you guys as well. And today's guest is one I'm really excited about. Connor Mance has been my teammate for a while and he is an absolutely incredible person. Also happens to be uh, an all right runner, you could say. Yeah, just, just all right. Yeah, he's, keep, he's keep it done, at that. He's done okay so far. Mance, first question is, can you walk us through your journey as a runner and what that's looked like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I think it's a very non-traditional way. Um, when I was about, I don't know, I was probably eight years old or nine years old, my my dad and my brother wanted to do a half marathon together. I don't know if it was my dad wanted my little brother to, to run it with them, but they decided to run a half marathon. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Like, I'd, I'd want to try and do that, like, when I'm when I'm his age. And so when I was 12, my dad's like, all right, like, if you want to do it, like, like if I'm going to pay money for you to jump in a half marathon, you got to go train for it. And it was like, uh, I don't know, every few days, just go out for a run. Nothing, like, fancy or exciting. It was just kind of go he was, run. He was working you early, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's just like, go run. <laughs> he's like, oh, if you want to go hang out with your friends, I signed you up for this race. If you want to run the race, you got to go run today. And I was like, okay, so I'd go and run that day. Oh, and it was like three or four times a week, maybe maybe three miles is probably the three miles is probably the usual run. And I ran it and I finished it and it went it went pretty well. And I was like, hey, I, I like this. Like I think I ran like an hour thirty something. I don't know. Um, some somewhere around there. And I was I was like ecstatic about it because I was like, man, this was this was fun. Like just running that far for the first time in my life. Um, I did one run with my dad and my mom. It was like eight miles. And I thought like I had run, like, I was like, I thought I'd run so far that day. 
And so as time went on, it was like, oh, I want to do another one of these. And I was, I don't know, playing soccer or swimming and just doing kind of like whatever sports um, were around the valley that I grew up in. And eventually everyone's like, well, you got to do cross country. And I'm like, I don't even know what cross country is, but sure. Um, So I found out about it my eighth grade year and we start running it in high school where I'm from. So ran it my freshman year, had a lot of fun with that. And it just kind of slowly progressed to, oh, I guess I'm going to do track instead of soccer now. And it was just like one thing after another. It was just kind of like, oh, this is fun. Like, what, what's the next step? And eventually um, I, I did really well in high school. And then I was able to come to BYU on a scholarship. I took two years off um, to serve an LDS mission and then came to the team at probably one of the, probably the highlight of BYU's distance running time with the exception of maybe the 80s, early 80s, late 70s. Well, and when I got here. Oh, and when you got here, yeah. <laughs> um, so just kind of about like the the early part of BYU's, I don't know, I don't know, dominance of the, for the last few years and just kind of rode the wave of all the, all the great athletes that came before me. Do you feel like it matters when you start? I don't think it matters as long as you're having fun with it. I think the moment you start getting pressured to really, like, I don't know, you think about... I mean, you see it more so, I feel like, in in basketball or maybe soccer and football. You see those parents, and you know the kids in high school, or or maybe that, like, when you're growing up, you see them, and their parents are just putting so much pressure on them to do well and, like, signing up for these special camps and doing all this, like, special stuff. (laughs) That's me. Yeah, that's you. (laughs) Yeah, and... Well, and, and how did your basketball career turn out? Hey, you know, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, but like, I feel like all those, um, all the extra pressure that a lot of parents put on their kids, where if it's no longer fun for the kid, they're not gonna, they're not gonna excel in it later on. And so I think, um, I think it doesn't matter when you start as long as you're having fun with it. I, I think that, that I understand that, but most people who are listening to this podcast are not going to understand like the concept of running being fun. You know? Oh, right, right, that's true. <laughs> so I want to hear what that means to you. I mean, I think just getting the best out of yourself and, like, improving every day. So, like, for example, um, I think one of the one of the things I loved about running when I first started was I was, I don't know, 6th grade, 7th grade. It was right before one of those half marathons. And I would go and run 5 miles, and I would time it. I had my course. I had where I – it was an out and back. had where I flipped around. And it was like every time I saw any any little bit of improvement, I was excited. Mm. And it was just fun to like just get that little bit of improvement. Like no nobody else cares. Nobody else is asking me what I ran that five miles in. But I remember the day I went and I ran like seven flat for those five miles. And I thought, wow, like today's a big day. Like oh. this was, I just kind of like in my mind, that was like a monumental day. But it didn't matter to any like nobody else cared. Nobody else I think could even like I don't I I guess I probably told my parents, <laughs> and they probably were like oh good job and that was about it like. But to me that was something big. Yeah, I think running is so interesting in the way that with basketball or football if you perform really well people really care, but with running unless you're doing insanely well like your parents are gonna be happy for you and maybe a few friends but it's like nobody's so stoked unless you're doing incredible so a lot of it is like yeah. kind of a humble sport of just pushing yourself but i i want to hear for you like what are some of the highlights of your running career like i want to hear 
what was the moment that you knew that you were going to be really good? And then after that, we'll go into some of the like nitty gritty of how and why. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always been a progression. Um, I think when I realized, okay, like this running pro goal that I've had for years is going to happen, probably happened after cross country nationals in 2018. Um, I'd had a good track season, um, but not a great track season the year before. I returned from my mission July 2017, so I was like, I mean, I was I was coming off trying to, I don't know, trying to lose some weight. I gained a lot of fat. <laughs> um, Clayson Shumway would joke with me that I was the fastest guy with love handles. So um, just, just a little chubbier in the stomach, just a little pudgy. But um, after cross-country season, so cross-country season started, we got our iron tested here at BYU, and I was low. Um, so I was taking iron the whole season. I was consistently our, uh, our third guy, but it was very inconsistent with who was ahead of me. It switched like every race. There was a new two guys or guy beating me, and so um, I was usually in that range. And then nationals happened, and um, I just felt great. And at pre-nats, I had taken the lead and gotten out kicked by a bunch of guys. So at nationals, I, I get out kind of close to the lead. I work my way up and then I lead most of the race and then I get out kicked by nine guys all in the last 400 or 500 or 800. I don't even know what it was, but it was, I don't know, I ended up taking 10th and it, it, it was kind of a day like, you know, like I've dropped so much time and I'm so much better than I was a year ago. I, like the year before I was the 15th guy on the BYU team now I'm 10th in the country. I think if I stay with this for longer, um, I got some, I can be really good. Mm. And so I, uh, so I remember watching that race. I think I was a senior in high school and, or no, it was probably, a junior. Junior, high, I was probably a junior in high school. And I was watching that race and I was like, what? I knew the BYU guys a little bit, but I was like, oh my gosh, like Mance is leading nationals right uh, now. Like, what in the world? And I think you were, what, you, is that your sophomore year of eligibility? Or that was my freshman, freshman year of eligibility. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So Connor's freshman year of eligibility, he's he's leading nationals, which is just outrageous for so much of the race. And for me, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this guy is going to be insane. And you were good in high school, but you weren't that good in high school. Hey, you well. know? But you weren't right, good. I mean, right. you were amazing, but you weren't like ready to lead nationals you know right and so like i want to know what happened for you that just enabled you to gain so much speed and, and have the confidence to lead that race and um have the like i guess have the career that you've had since then in running like what out of the hundreds of millions of runners makes you so good i think a lot of it had to do with um one my own desire i wanted to be good i want like I like running. I, I, I like competing and I like just getting the best out of myself. Running is a sport where you can like get better every day and you can see that like, I don't know, from soccer or football or basketball, you have stats, but it's like you never like, it, there's so many other factors to see how good your stats are. Um, but like with running, it's just like, yeah, I ran this time this day or I placed this high this day. And you just can see that slow improvement where I really um, got good was that like grittiness and wanting to see my improvement. But also I came on to BYU at such a great time when, you know, we had Rory Linkletter who'd just taken second at nationals. We had Clayton Young who'd qualified in the 5K and the 10K at track nationals. 
Jake Hesington was 10th in the steeplechase. Danny Carney made it in the steeplechase nationals. Um, we had Connor McMillan, who had, who had made nationals his soft, his true sophomore year um, and had been an All-American. Well, no, he hadn't been an All-American. What's wrong with that? But um, Nico Montanez, who actually ended up leaving after that year, had all these guys just built such a strong program where it was just... It was just about we got to the point where it was like BYU expected greatness like the guys on the team expected you to be putting in your all mm-hmm. and it was like this culture had I don't know there was a big shift and so when I came out home from my mission it was like if you want to be good like you have every tool at your disposal to be good mm-hmm. and there was just this mentality of like you're, you're gonna be good like because it's either you're gonna be good or you're gonna get cut mm-hmm. And I think, you know, along with my desire and then just being on this team, I just got really, I, it ended up being like a perfect storm for me to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think what I'm hearing is like A, the desire, but B, the people that you had surrounding you were really good at fostering an environment where you just wanted to be really good. And right. um, I, I think that there's a lot to dive into with that because the people around you have so much of an impact on your life. And I think that's a pretty well-known thing. And I've noticed that you've seen it. We've, uh, I've seen it on any good team I'm, I've ever been on. The culture is incredible, and that's why people run fast. I think people are always looking for the secret to success in their life and with running or with whatever they're doing. And for me, like the thing that I'll always say is the only shortcut to success is mentors. And I feel like that kind of goes along with having good teammates. Yeah. But my question is, what do you do if that isn't your team culture and you want to be really good and you want to have success, but um, maybe your your teammates are struggling to kind of get in a groove and it's not so inspiring or um, like for other people who listen to the podcast, there's a million different circumstances where maybe the people around you aren't necessarily so inspiring, but you want to do something great. Right, right. I mean, I would say, you know, find the few people that are, that are around you and kind of build off their energy and then kind of, I don't know, plow the way for everybody and, and make, like, make the own trail. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a lot back to Rory Linkletter. Um, when he was, you know, when he got on the team, the team was... They had just had Jared Ward graduate. Jason, where I think was a fret or was in a his redshirt senior year, and he only had outdoor track eligibility left. Um, but like the team kind of was at a low point, and Rory wasn't he wasn't very good in high school. I mean, he was he was good enough to get recruited by BYU, but not good enough. Like I I don't know what his scholarship was, but it, I doubt it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he even had to walk on. I don't know, but he um, he really was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be the best. And it and it came off very cocky to a lot of people and rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But his his ability to be like I'm gonna be the best was really, I think, like started kind of that that fostering of oh like we want to be good too. And so I think. Um, you know, you could be like Rory and just kind of, you know, plow the way to be like, I'm going to be good and I'm going to do everything I can. Like sometimes you just have to do research on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that he did. Um, there's, there's other athletes like that did the same at BYU and all over the country. I mean, you see it with, I don't know, you look at Michigan State and you see Morgan Beatles come and like Michigan State, I mean, their women's team used to be this, this dynasty of a program. I think they, they're still one of the 
better women's teams out there. But their men's team just hasn't had that same success. And then Morgan Beetlescombe comes along, and he's kind of this team leader who's like, yeah, like, we're going to be good. And as as you can see, like, they made nationals this year. Morgan was fifth individually. They've done pretty well overall, and it's just like, you know, it only takes, you know, you could, for anybody who doesn't have those mentors around them, you could be that person that builds a dynasty just by, I don't know, starting. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you said by just pick a few. I think energy is so infectious, and Rory was able to show that. And and Rory's a very, like, intense personality. You know, he knows exactly right. what he wants, and he's going to do anything to get there. And I think I've, I've been on four different cross-country teams, and I've always been, like, really, really hungry to win individually, but also as a team. And it's right. been really interesting. Every single team I've walked or I've, I've gone on to, I've recognized um, immediately, like, okay, like, who has drive and who has talent? And it's really interesting because every every time I'm like, okay, I really hope that the guys that have a lot of talent pick up some drives so that we can go win, you know? Right. And what's interesting is every single team that has had that situation, the guys that have the drive at the end of the season are better than the guys that had the talent. And I think, right. like, I would just pick out those guys and and we would just we'd go to work, you know? And that's kind of what happens is is – my energy would be infectious to one other person and then together we'd have an infectious energy for more people to kind of like build and then the next thing you know in a year you have a phenomenal team culture that everybody just wants to win and i also think there's this there's this big um there's a balance because you need to want to win but you also need to want to have fun you know yeah and i think that that's true in work school athletics like whatever you're doing it has to be like entertaining and inspiring for you to want to keep doing it like i think um, this is actually the next topic I want to go into. I think it's really important to work hard. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you're known for as a runner is like working really hard. And um, I'm curious to know how do you have the balance of working hard and having fun? And then also like everybody says work hard, but like how? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like how do you do it? And just, just for the people watching a little bit of context on this, is like if Mans is injured, he'll do like, well, like two or three hours of cross training a day. Dude, two. And, Anything more I get, yeah, I'm, I'm wiped. So. But but two hours of like cross training is just that's like so mentally challenging. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just I want to hear your perspective on hard work. Uh, yeah, I think every you know every part of work should be fun. I think there is obviously a balance. Um, for example, you brought up cross training. I would I would set like I'd be competitive with myself in the pool and I'd be like all right like I can't sw- like I can swim but I can't swim as well as most of these guys like let's like I would like look next to me see somebody else swimming be like I gotta beat them to the wall or this <laughs> is over with my horrible sure. swimming form <laughs> I'm sure and I'm like I'm just going so hard or like um, I'll make like time goals or like all right like I have an hour let's see how far I can swim and just kind of like like goals like that that I don't know similar to the the 12 year old trying to run five miles in seven minutes it's like you know it's it's setting these little goals of like improvement of I don't know something fun if it mm-hmm. if it's not fun I, I like little challenges like little like challenges yeah, yeah. and I good. think in running you gotta I mean in all sports you gotta set those goals in in so many different ways where it's like little games mm-hmm. that you play with yourself like I don't know try not to get over you know you try not to set too many like high goals that you're gonna you know fail yourself and kind of be in a I don't know where you're 
uh, afraid of like trying because you just think you'll fail mm -hmm. but um i think another like having fun is if you can't if you can't like while you're working out tell a joke to somebody around you then i think you're doing it wrong um mm -hmm. i don't know i just <laughs> that one guy who's like that is frank lara he's always making jokes he he runs for ultra right now um but he's just like he's a funny guy and we were in a race and I'm like, hey, like we're going pretty quick. Like, should, like I think I was like, man, these guys are pacing that way too hard. He's like, hey, Connor, no talking. This is supposed <laughs> to be serious. <laughs> and he, like he is so sarcastic, and it was just like it was just like, oh yeah, like this is this is fun. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just like it's fun to have people around um, that are also like that. So I don't know, take things serious, but like I don't know. One one thing we do for fun when we'd go to big meets is we we would go like around the town and find something out of the ordinary so one time we were in birmingham alabama and i mean we toured like the the very historical sites of um the civil rights movement that were there but we also did like we toured some like green giant like statue that was made out of copper to try and make it fun and just like it was just kind of a weird thing to do when we were in town. <laughs> um, but it, it kind of kept our mind off of like, oh yeah, there's a big race. Mm -hmm. It's just like, just have fun while you're out there. And I don't know. I, I don't, I just feel like I just talked in a circle now that didn't no, make any I, sense. There's, there's about 1 billion things that I could, I could pick out from that. And I'm trying to choose which ones I want. Uh, to, hopefully but... I'm happy there's <laughs> more than one. <laughs> no, I, I feel like one thing that you mentioned is just like, you know, if it's not, if it's not fun, it's not worth it. And I think that, um, with pretty much everything in life is this is true, but particularly with running, because it's just so obvious right. is like winning a race is really cool. Like being able to cross the line and be like, Oh my gosh, like I just beat all these phenomenal athletes. Like that's really amazing. But like, how long does that last? You know? Right. And, and at the end of the day, it's about every moment leading up to that point. It's like, did you have fun in the workouts? Like, did you bond with your teammates? Like, did you become a better person for pushing yourself to do that thing? And so I think that in society, we have this ideal that like working hard is supposed to be so intense when in reality, it's supposed to be like this, like labor of love almost, you know, like you're just supposed to enjoy um, every moment. And there's a lot of psychology and performance around being happy. And so, um, like one thing I try to do before I race, I try to like smile, like crack a joke to a teammate on the starting line, smile, like embrace that I'm anxious, but also just be like grateful to be in the present moment. And that's been like super helpful for me. Yeah. So, um, like okay. My next question for you is, um, how do you manage failing in running? Like, I think with you, you're someone who has a lot of expectation you know yeah. people people want and expect you to do really really well and that that's a lot so what do you do when it doesn't happen yeah. or what what do you do when a goal just doesn't manifest? yeah i mean um one thing coach Eystone said and i i've not i'm not great at this but you he's like you have 24 hours to really celebrate a, a like a win or a great race you have 24 hours to be down about a bad one and yeah, I've, I mean, I really wanted to make the Olympics last year. That was kind of the, the whole goal of the last, I don't know, two years of training. And I got hurt during before the marathon trials, even before I ran a qualifier to get to the trials, I was hurt. And then um, I ended up taking fifth in the 10K. And that was, that, that was pretty tough at the time because it, like, it was like this, you know, goal and almost a, a dream to do. And it was just like, 
just weren't good enough, you know, like, mm-hmm. just like there was that fitness wasn't there. Like I, I executed at, at the time I was just trying to be like, oh, I executed wrong. But now I look back on it, like I executed well. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't good enough. And, um, you know, I, I, I was bummed for 24 hours, but then after I had to focus on the 5k cause it was the next, I don't know, it was like four or five days later. But um, as far as like, I don't know, trying to move on when there's failures, just always have a different goal. Like there's no one all end all. It's all about the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like you had brought up before. It's, you know, if let's say I, I don't know, I never make an Olympic or I don't world championship team again. It's It's like, you know, like I want this career to be the most enjoyable career it could be. And if if I, you know, don't hit the rest of my goals while I'm running, but I'm enjoying it, like, that's fine. I love it. That's great. Um, so one thing that Connor is known for is something called the Mance Zone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so there'll be a race, and at the end of the race, you'll see Connor just, like, pushing into absolute oblivion <laughs> and, and putting the hurt in the guy next to him to really just make it a race. And it's really just a real grind is what it's, is what Mans is known for. And I want to know, how do you put yourself in that much pain and keep continuing onward? And is there a phrase or something that you say to yourself to do that? Um, as far as a phrase goes, just keep it simple. Like, I, all I tell myself is, like, I can do this. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that's the only phrase I chat up. You're, like, quoting pages of a book. As yeah, I'm like, that's your dad. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the <laughs> um, That's what Clayton Shumway does. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> I was talking with Clayton Young about this yesterday, where when you're in a workout and the joy of just running, like, when you get partway through, like, two-thirds of the way through, and the joy of running hard is greater than the amount of pain you're in, then you're just like, you don't, you don't really care about the pain. Like, I mean, everybody who sees me run is like, dude, you look like death out there. Like your face <laughs> looks awful. Your legs look great. You're like, <laughs> but, um, I think it's more so like in, especially in cross country, I'm, I'm good at that because it's like, there's nothing to really think about other than like, just go, go, go well, on track. I, I'm a little bit too analytical. I'm just like, okay, like I'm feeling really tired, so I don't think I could run a six, sub-60 last lap. Well, dang it, because this guy could probably run a sub you know. But, like, in cross-country, it's all about digging. And you're, you're not thinking about, like, what time am I running? You're just digging to run. Mm-hmm. And I think I do a lot better at that um, because it's just, like, you know, I'm just having I'm having a lot of fun out there. Mm-hmm. Having a lot of fun just pushing myself and, and watching other people fall off or, I don't know almost being a spectator in in my own body as I'm just trying to like see okay like what if I push more here what's going to happen or if I do this what's going to happen and mm-hmm. it's just kind of improvement and just work that just goes in during the race yeah I think that's probably my favorite thing about the sport too is just saying like I can push myself and I can improve every single day I don't think there's a lot of things in life that are super tangible and improvement but like working out is one of those things you know like you right. can always say like i'm getting faster i'm getting stronger and that that gives life a little bit more purpose and i think that's uh, a really cool thing and my next question for you is you have a lot of teammates and i've seen you be a really strong leader for your teammates what's maybe one or just or let's go with the biggest thing 
that you want your teammates to take from you and your running journey? Like what's something that you feel like would be helpful for uh, us to run faster and be the best runners and people that we can be? I mean, I would think the first thing that comes to mind is just listening, you know, making like listening to what works for other people, listening to what people struggle with and just trying to, I mean, give an ear. Sometimes people just need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I think listening to like your teammates when they're struggling, just letting them rant is a great thing. But I think listening, um, I don't know, through all these different aspects is huge when it comes to sports because everybody wants to say their opinion. And so just let them go and just hear what they have to say. And then if you think it'll work, then go for it and test it out. If you don't think it's going to, then you just kind of help them feel better by just listening. Love it. Um, It's kind of hard, like at least for me, when I wake up early in the morning and it's time to go on a run, but I feel groggy and I don't really want to get out of bed. Is there something that you do that helps you in those hard moments where you don't feel as motivated? Just tell somebody else I'm coming. <laughs> if I have somebody at my door knocking on it, I'm, I'm going to go. That's so good. Just be committed to someone and then yeah. you have to. Yeah, that's really good. Right. And that kind of goes back to surrounding yourself with people that, that inspire you as well. You know? Right. And even if it's like just being accountable to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, person I run with in the morning, his name's Joey Perez. He doesn't, he wasn't on the, or he, he got a tryout for the BYU team, but that was about it. And like, I mean, he might not be like a top of the line runner, but like helps me out and I help him out and we both improve that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I've, I've come to appreciate more recently. Being at BYU, I have a lot of people surrounding me that have the same goals in mind and so it's really easy to push myself in different areas with people who care uh, but I have a lot of friends who aren't in that circumstance and my advice to them has always been like like go and find someone like if you if you don't feel like you have purpose like go to a kickboxing class talk to someone make a friend like yeah. and then meet up with them and just keep going like whatever your goal is find people who have that passion I think it's just so so important um, and then probably my last question for you Mance is I want to know who one of your biggest inspirations is and what have you learned from them that's been really helpful, like maybe iStone or somebody else in your life? Yeah, I mean, the two two biggest running inspirations are Jared Ward and Coach iStone. Um, I think I think I'll, I'll, I'll go on about Jared Ward for now. I mean, he's still competing, but just his ability to balance everything in life, um, not just in running, but um, I think it's it's huge in the sport because it's like he's... You know, if if he needs to take like a run off for to watch his kids or to to I mean, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, uh, let's see, it was about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. We we had a workout, and he's like, oh, I'm feeling a little like stiff in the legs this morning. I didn't I didn't get a run this morning. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? He's like, Well, my son uh, didn't have school this morning, so we played catch. And then he's like, so I'll go and do my run in the evening. And it's just that he's willing to balance and be flexible enough for, I mean, he's been sixth at the Olympics. First one without super shoes. (laughs) Um, But he was sixth at the Olympics. He was, I mean, as a professor at BYU, as a family man, as, um, I don't know, he has a lot of other things going on in his life that I know about, but 
Um, he's just very committed to everything. But I think what makes him so good is that when he's in the moment doing something, he's not thinking about the other stuff. Mm. When he's running hard in a workout, I doubt he's thinking about, you know, I should have taught class this way differently. Mm. Or when he's in class, I, I doubt he's thinking of, now what could I change in my training or what could I change in my diet? And mm-hmm. I think just being committed to a lot of things, um, but making sure you're balanced really helps um, him be the type of athlete he is. Uh, I think that we live in a world where there's just a lot going on, you know? Right. And especially just, like, compared to earlier generations, like, there's just so much happening all at the same time. And not only that, but you also have instant access with your phone to a million things happening at the same time. And so it's so easy to, um, like, divert your attention to a billion different things at once. And I think that that, like, creates so much anxiety and unhappiness and, like, just being able to be fully committed to your training while you're in training and fully committed to school while you're in school and just every area of your life just being there rather than checking up on the other areas of your world is right. is just so, so helpful and like relationships everywhere. But another thing that I really take from you, Mance, is I think that everyone looks at you and thinks, okay, what is he doing differently? What's his secret sauce is success? And I think that the answer is always the same from you and it's consistency you know it's day in and day out doing the things that you know you need to do to get where you want to go and you don't have to do anything so special success isn't about any secret sauce it's just like putting the work in slowly and surely and and having fun in the process but um is there anything else you feel like you want to add yeah it's been fun thanks all right well thank you so much it's obviously so fun to have you on the podcast and interview you and i think Uh, people can take a lot from you and do some cool things if they listen to you so appreciate it hey well thanks Easton of course all right guys we'll catch you next week we're gonna do a weekly podcast so thanks so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode